Hello, it's Tuesday, the 21st of November. I'm Alex von Tunzelman, and if anyone brings me a Thanksgiving turkey, I will graciously pardon it, like I'm the President of the United States. Welcome to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review. We're out five days a week for your listening joy. If you'd like to help us keep going and raise yourself up in the process, then why not join the Paper Cuts Supporters Club? Just visit back.papercutsshow.com, that's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow, two S's there, dot com, to find out how. There's a link in the show notes. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. The return of Dr. Death. We're shocked, shocked to find out that Rishi Sunak's Eat Out to Help Out scheme might have been a bad idea. Red, red wine, don't stay close to me. You might think you're getting those terrible headaches because you're drinking too much, but science has other explanations. And Batman and Throbin. Researchers have identified a species of bat which has such a big willy that it can't have sex. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where large flightless birds are safe because British people don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, they've got another month. President Biden pardoned two turkeys yesterday. Do you know what they were called? Uh, I don't know. Liberty and Bell. Oh. Uh. Very nice. Very patriotic. I'm Alex von Tunzelman and joining me on the show today is journalist and son of Liberty, Rob Hutton. Hi, Rob. Uh, hello there. And also with us is TV comedy writer and bell of the ball, Jason Hazley. <laughs> Hi, Morning. Jason. I didn't do any other bell jokes, so that no, was okay. nice. It was right. good, wasn't it? That was, yeah, keeping it nice. So what's on the front pages today, Rob? So uh, I've got the Daily Telegraph. Um, Sunak pins hope on, open quotes, Thatcher tax package. And I have to say, I've read the whole piece and it's not clear where the Thatcher thing comes from. It, it, there's just oh, it's of, just lovely. That's just their happy place. Yeah, it's just a wishful thinking. It's a um, safe word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Thatcher! Uh, the Times uh, sort of... It goes on the same Rishi Sunak speech, which I think we'll be talking about later. Um, Work from home push to get more sick Britons off benefits. Um, And a story at the top of the page that uh, we may also be talking about. Valance was told Sunak wanted to just let people die in pandemic. Mm. Mm, mm, Is this a good, good news story for the Prime Minister? Hard to know. Um, uh, (laughs) How will that play? Uh, Over to The Guardian. Um, UN sounds alarm as world on track for hellish three degrees C rise in temperatures and a um, picture of a strange looking man who turns out to be the uh, new president of Argentina. And then the eye goes on the uh, COVID inquiry. Sunak's eat out to help out Drove second wave of COVID. I don't think that's good. Mm, it's not going that well, is it? No. Jason, what have we got on yours? Um, the Daily Mail leads with, we sleep in separate bedrooms and my snoring's to blame. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it leads with return of tax-cutting Tories. Um, the Sun, uh, world exclusive, Zelensky opens up to some reporters, Putin has tried to kill me five times. Only Five. Only five. Um, The Mirror has COVID inquiry bombshell. Sunak, let people die. Mm, Another one of those. Yep, not good. And the Daily Star, with the stand first victory for the Daily Star, (laughs) boffins. It is okay to call a boffin a boffin, but only if the boffins are on a pub quiz team called something like the Brilliant Boffins and the boffins really don't mind being called boffins. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad we've got that clear. Anyone playing the boffin drinking game is now feeling very ill. (laughs) (laughs) 
We don't recommend it this episode. No. <laughs> um, they've also got uh, something about T-Rex in space. Yes, T-Rex in space. Um, now, this is, I mean, it's not much of a story. There is basically, there is an astronomer called Lisa Kaltenegger from Cornell University who said, um, if we can find planets which have the right oxygen amount on them, there might be dinosaurs there. I mean, which is a bit there of a might leap. be. <laughs> it's an infinite universe. And it's all hung off the word if. If. <laughs> I mean, classic star spin, isn't it? Boring yeah. science story turns into... Oh, a, I mean, that's a beautiful layout they've got there. It is. Given it what dinosaurs would look like in space. Yes. I mean, you're going to have to imagine it for <laughs> yeah. yourselves or buy a copy of the Daily Star, but let's say it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, can we also just have another quick look at the photo on the front of uh, The Guardian, Rob, you said right. about, about this is Javier Millet, the president-elect of Argentina. He's a bit of a character, this fella, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, as strong your your troubled mum's new boyfriend um, <laughs> God, vibes. I hope not. <laughs> it looks like a cross between Johnny Cash and Fred West. <laughs> And sort of behaves rather more towards the first of those two, doesn't he? His, his nickname is El Loco, meaning the mad guy. Um, and, and what a slogan. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. And he wants to slash all social spending, abolish Argentina's central bank, cut ties with the two biggest trade partners, Brazil and China, and legalise the sale of human organs. Nice guy. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, good if you want to buy human organs in dollars. Yeah, we, than that's Argentine a good point. Peso, yes, pesos, yes, equalise that. It's hard to get pesos. Whereas actually, yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got some dollars in 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 my desk drawer from my last trip. Great. Which cool. organs are you shopping for right now? Oh, you just you just need to keep keep your eyes open. Yeah, really, yeah. Get, but it's like eBay. Just just sort of keep circling. Isn't there a great detail about his sex life as well? Yes, he's into tantric sex. Um, so he only ejaculates. He claims once every three months. I mean, that's just yeah. marriage, isn't it? But he also goes around with a chainsaw. Mm. I don't feel that a guy who only comes once every three months and goes around with a chainsaw feels like the most kind of uh, stable person to be running a country. <laughs> just, just a thought. Good luck, Argentina. Yeah. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, has had a lot of bad days recently, but yesterday really was the pits. His poll numbers are the lowest they've been since he took over from the economy-exploding chaos demon that was Liz Truss. He wants to make tax cuts, but he can't afford them. Uh, yesterday, he wanted us to focus on a speech he was making about the economy, but no one was watching. Instead, we were all watching Patrick Vallance tell the COVID inquiry that Sunak's flagship Eat Out to Help Out scheme had effectively driven the second wave of the pandemic. Jason, you watched... Patrick Valance yesterday, what did we learn? We learned quite a lot, um, and mainly from his many uh, notes that he kept contemporaneously. He decided that for the sake of his mental health, he would just have a brain dump at the end of every day. Patrick Valance was basically like, he was like a butler, politely handing people their own asses. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was quite the thing. Um, so we learned, for instance, that... Boris Johnson was bamboozled by the science. You astonish me. No, really. <laughs> Boris. Boris. Intellectual giant Boris Johnson um, flip-flopped constantly on things. One day he would say, we just need to open everything up, and the next day he would say, this is terrible. Uh, he looked at one graph and said, is this a mirage? Um, he said, people at risk of dying from the virus have had a good innings. Oh, <laughs> news and to most them. people who die have reached their time anyway. The one of the key things was um, Sunak. 
Now, Sunak is someone who I sort of feel that we don't really know as a person very well mm. um, because he's just this shiny billionaire. Um, and But what we learned about Sunak yesterday was that Dominic Cummings <coughs> reported, Sunak thinks just let people die and that's OK. <laughs> I mean, amazing that a shiny billionaire would have such a view. Yes, yes, yes. Um, not that to just to, for the sake of clarity, that is not okay, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah no. Um, no and there isn't. was also a very interesting little moment about um, there was a, a an economics meeting. Um, it must have been on Zoom, I think, um, because Sunak didn't realise that the chief medical officer uh, Chris Whitty was there. And Sunak said, it's all about handling the scientists, not handling the virus. Mm. And then at some point, uh, Chris Whitty piped up and went, I heard that, effectively. <laughs> um, and then Boris Johnson piffled for five minutes to try and cover this colossal mistake that the then Chancellor had made. Um, he talks about wanting the science altered. Uh, he talked about keeping Gavin Williamson away from policy development, but give him some illusion of ownership. <laughs> Um, Some sort of bricks to play with quietly in the, yeah. in the room and hope um, it distracts him. Boris Johnson saying we've overdone it on the lethality of this disease. Um, Johnson not understanding the difference between absolute and relative risk. Hancock, Matt Hancock, he said, had a, had a habit of saying things which he didn't have a basis for, which is a very nice, polite way of the butler handling, handing you your arse and saying you're a fucking liar. Um <laughs> And uh, at one point, uh, this was an interesting thing. This is a point of order. At one point, Johnson said, um, I'm, I think maybe we're licked as a species. This came from, this came from uh, Valance's notes. And Valance uh, said at the beginning of the, uh, of the inquiry, uh, as he, of his sitting in the inquiry, he said he apologised for his bad handwriting. Now, I think he didn't say we're licked as a species. <laughs> I, think said, I think he said something else. Um, now, the key thing is that this thing, uh, which is on the front page of uh, several papers today, about Sunak saying it's okay to let people die. The key thing is this. This is from The Independent. Downing Street declined to say whether Mr Sunak thought it would be okay to just let people die. That was yesterday. Wow. Downing Street declined to say, what? <laughs> what? So basically, I mean, that seems like it would be quite an easy thing to deny. It would be a very quick denial, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. So this is, I mean, and it has resulted, hasn't it, in a whole slew of pretty stinky front pages. Yeah, they are terrible. For Sunak. I mean, you know, not good. I mean, Rob, you were actually one of the dwindling number of people who heard Sunak's speech yesterday. Oh, yeah, I did. I mean, I did, I'm a professional journalist. I went to the speech, um, which was in uh, it was in North London, which is a place called Enfield, which is a bit of a pain to get to for me. But um, and uh, small but even room. so, even, even so. so, I went because, you know, professional sketch writer, I work my satire. Not clear who was there apart from sort of journalists and um, various MPs who'd been got in. But this was the, the significance of this. This was a major prime ministerial speech on the economy where he was announcing five new pledges, which I have to say I couldn't tell you. Right. Um, you only heard them yesterday, was, so they really his, stuck in your head. This was his victory lap because inflation, as you know, hurrah, is only a bit more than two times target. Um, yes. Which is a triumph because we're very much grading this government on a curve. Uh, <laughs> that's putting it nicely, yes. isn't it? Yes. There's a very complicated system that my son's school uses to, to sort of say, well, you're trying and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're really trying very hard and yes. they, and you, you may not be achieving, but you are trying. Out of effort. Yes. And um, so 
yeah. So, so, but, but as I was sitting there, as we were sitting there watching this, I was, I glanced. A colleague sort of had a laptop where you could see what all the news channels were broadcasting, and they were all broadcasting Patrick Vallance, apart from uh, GB News, which was doing something about trans teddies. Um, <laughs> I, mean, but, I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, that sounds I, I, Which I yeah. can't tell you about. But um, <laughs> but uh, but nobody was carrying this major economic speech for the Prime Minister, and you just thought, I would seeing his sort of his fading power in real time. Now, actually, part of that was because, talking to people afterwards, Downing Street, who also didn't feel equipped to busk it on whether the Prime Minister thinks it's okay to just let people die, did not sort of flag to anybody that this was a speech that you might want to send your political editors to, that you might want to take seriously. And in fact, sort of today, the speech, well, it does lead, it leads to the mail and it leads to Telegraph and they'll probably think that that's a, that's a win. I Although, mean, but if they can't get those guys, both, come both on. Of these, both of these sort of splashes are they're slight, they're quite wishful it, it's mm. it's all based on the fact that sunak said it's it's you know it's it we can now start cutting taxes but i think that they these guys are going to be quite disappointed on yeah. wednesday lunchtime when they find out what that actually turns out to mean because i don't think it's going to mean as much as they hope it will mean so it's but, bad media management but it's also it is just it's not going great is it yeah, i mean no, with those it's, it's not going and great so and you and and the you, I, I don't, and actually, the, the weird thing was, at the start of the speech, he said, you know, um, the jo- I, I, we believe as conservatives that the job of government is to sort of keep people safe and, and help them to, to, to get wealthy. Except we don't and, mind if they die. Well, okay. well, you see, the thing was, I sat there thinking, who on earth doesn't think that the job of government is to keep people safe and uh, and, and help them to get richer? And it turns out that, that actually the answer to that question is Rishi Sunak, <laughs> whose original slogan for Eat Out to Help Out was uh, Kill Granny Save Nando's. Now, far be it for me to suggest that people of the quality and sophistication of paper cuts listeners will ever have experienced something so vulgar as a hangover. But for those of us who might occasionally have felt a little worse for wear after a night on the red wine, boffins have come up with an explanation that isn't just, you had way too much of it, obviously. Jason, what's our new excuse? Um... Just a point of order that anybody who is playing the boffin drinking game is now going to get a headache from that. <laughs> Don't do it with <laughs> red wine. That you chucked in there. Right, so um, there's, a, there's a, a paper has been published in Scientific Reports which thinks it is getting close to solving why red wine gives you headaches. And it goes like this. I, now, I can, I, amazingly, for a non-scientist, I actually understand this. The first thing you have to bear in mind is that red wine contains things. Right. Right. One of those things is alcohol. And alcohol is broken down in the liver in a two-stage process. It's first of all converted into acetaldehyde and then acetol. Acetaldehyde is not a good thing, right? Bear that in mind. One of the other things that red wine contains is a phenolflavonoid called quercetin, Quercetin. There's a lot of what I mean, we're winning a scrabble on this. This is one of those laboratory yeah. Garnier yeah. adverts. It's great. Yeah. Should have worn a white. Here comes the science <laughs> bit. Concentrate. Here comes the science bit. Yeah. Quercetin gets into the blood and is converted into something called quercetin glucuronide. And quercetin glucuronide blocks the second stage of the alcohol metabolization when it goes from acetaldehyde to acetol. And the acetaldehyde causes headaches. <gasps> Right. Dun, dun, dun. right? Right. So they think they've worked this out. So now what they need to do is they need to perform experiments by giving people, for instance, they're talking about giving people 
uh, a shot of vodka and some quercetin to see if the combination of alcohol without quercetin in it and a shot of quercetin gives them the same headache. So, um, are we volunteering to join this research or uh, drinking red wines? And well, I am available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what do we do to avoid the red wine headache? Well, I've got the the, the Daily Telegraph has got proper news you can use, um, which, which is because uh, I, I I do get a red wine headache and essentially have had to stop drinking it for this reason. Uh, and it turns out that I've been drinking the um, the I've been drinking a high quercetin wines. Right. Um, probably because they're cheap. Um, so uh, avoid Cabernets from California. Mm-hmm. Avoid Super Tuscan wines. Avoid wines made from Merlot, which is the, very much the sideways yeah, rule. the bad boy. Yep. Um, uh, but you can have Gamay, cool climate Pinot Noirs. Pinot Noirs. Mm, that's, uh, and uh, Grenache. Oh, so, which is one of my favourites. Um, that's that. Well, that's probably why you're so cheery in the morning. Yes, <laughs> um, but, but they really all of the all of the research gives cabernets from the Napa Valley an absolute kicking, saying these are the ones, right? Because the grapes, um, they kind of they sort of um, the grapes get quercetin from being exposed to the sun. So for some reason, Napa Valley cabernets are the bad boys. They're the real Argentinian uh, presidents uh, of the <laughs> <red wine. laughs> He looks like he comes with a hangover attack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask him anything before 10. <laughs> now... Dinner, 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 bat sex! <laughs> boffins have been on a roll today. All boffins all the time. As well as explaining red wine hangovers, they've been looking into how the serotine bat, Eptesicus serotinus, reproduces. Jason, what's the deal here? Oh, okay. Um, the serotine bat has a <laughs> penis which is about seven times the size of its partner's vagina. Ah. Now, um, I can feel uh, lots of listeners squirming. (laughs) (laughs) And so am I. So effectively, uh, they use the penis like an arm. I don't quite understand this bit. To push the female's tail sheath out of the way, which allows them to engage in contact mating, a behaviour that closely resembles how birds reproduce. So it sounds like they're effectively frotting. (laughs) Bat frot. <laughs> bat frot. Um, yes, a new accessory for Batman there. Rob, the Guardian has now... Sorry to say, more? the Guardian's gone big on this. Do you, do you want more? <laughs> there is more. I, I, if, if anybody wants to read this story, I, I recommend uh, Ian Sample, uh, the science editor of the Guardian, has written, I think, the definitive work on... <laughs> Uh, Bat even caught not quite in the act, the headline says, Church cameras reveal batty sex ritual. Church, Church cameras? cameras. That's right. a new twist. Well, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So, there's long been this mystery of how the serotine bat makes little serotine bats. Right. Um, two well, uh, serotine bats, so they love each other very much. <laughs> well, that's the but thing. But then there's a problem, there's, right? There's, then there's a I problem. mean, you can be a size but, queen, but this is, like, too much. For, um, for any bat. So Dr. Nicholas Fausel, an expert in bats at the University of uh, Lausanne, has been pondering this. And uh, a message arrived in his email box in early 2020. Written in Dutch and containing the word penis, it was destined for the spam folder. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Fussell stopped when he saw the Latin name for the Serotine bat. The message was from a man who monitors bats at St. Matthias Church in uh, the Netherlands who had uh, got some unusual footage. Uh, months later, another message arrived, this time from the Ukraine, where they had also found footage of bats mating without penetration. I quote... The process involves some fumbling around. I mean, this may sound <laughs> familiar. <laughs> but continued for about an hour on average. Oh, and, what? And wow. nearly 13 hours at best. Oh, my Good word. Tantric grief. bat Yes, tantric bats. The footage doesn't prove non-penetrative sex in mammals. Um, the scientists are now building what they call a bat porn box. <laughs> Why must they call this that? Bat porn. <laughs> <laughs> a bat porn. <laughs> <clears throat> the scientists are... Thank you for joining us on Tomorrow's World. Uh, <laughs> the, the, Come on, guys, keep it together. Right, OK, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. <laughs> The scientists are building a bat porn box to film couples from all angles. I feel a Channel 4 series coming up here. (laughs) Professor Gareth Jones at Bristol University, who won an Ig Nobel Prize for documenting fellatio in fruit bats, said he found the evidence convincing. And this is direct quote. I'm just going to read this. The sexual behaviour of bats never ceases to amaze. Males urinating into wing sacs to attract females. Males mating with torpid females. Female relatives sharing sexual partners. Fellatio and now mating without intromission, he said. (laughs) I mean, who knew? I just... Yeah, go go and read The Guardian. That that went deep, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Now at Paper Cuts, we appreciate and encourage the art of the headline. Are there any masterpieces in the papers today, Rob? So I've got the uh, star. I mean, this is a frankly, uh, to be honest, I think actually the I'm going to give you the headline first because the story is better than the headline. But yeah, yeah. Right. The headline is look up to see tools in space. Tools in space. Come on, you have to say it like that at least. Sorry, look up to see (laughs) tools in space. Excellent, thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, Which is just a tool bag dropped by astronauts will be visible tonight as it flies over Britain. They were working on the International Space Station, you know how it is, you put a wrench down, you can't find it, (laughs) and it turns out that it's it's flying about about five minutes ahead of the International Space Station. Oh darn it. Through the sky, and it'll be visible um, at just about half past six tonight. Right, keep a watch out for that everyone. And what and else? Right. Have you got? And then, and then, also in the um, in the Daily Star, there's a, um, a story that making new friends is the thing that many of us want most in life. And the headline is Glum, make a new chum. Oh, that's the solution. That's nice, Jason. What have you got? The Daily Mirror, page five. Venus flytrap sales are up two thousand percent thanks to the John Lewis Christmas ad. <laughs> even though the carnivorous plant is dormant in winter, which I didn't know. Oh, that's going to be a disappointment. A sad Christmas for a lot of people. <sighs> sad Christmas. Um, and the headline is Stores TV ad gets flytraps snapped up. Oh, snapped yep, up, good. nice. Yep. Yes. Um, then on page twenty-three of the Daily Mirror. There's a story about a man who's got a collection of 100 Victorian and 20th century police batons which are going up for sale. He's described as a woodwork fanatic. Um, um, 
His wife was his at first. His wife was unsure about his hobby. Um, and, yes. yeah, anyway, yes. the, anyway, the headline is "Cop a load of truncheons." Nice. nice. And on page three of the Sun, there is a story that ex-England footy star John Barnes has picked out Quality Street for his latest shot at rapping. Uh, three decades after starring in the team's 1990 World Cup song. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Yes. And the headline is John's Christmas Rapping. Oh. With the W missing. Yeah. Oh, good one. Classic. And now on Paper Cuts, we turn to the features sections, the gushing spring of an oasis in the often bleak desert of news. The well is a little dry today, though, but there is one story in the Daily Mirror that caught our eye. Rob, what's happening here, Petal? Thanks, darling. Um, <laughs> this is a story about pet names, which is not as all of us originally thought the names that we give our pets. No. Oh. Um, not that. Oh. <laughs> Some of us still do. Keep up. Good Keep up. Solid stuff on dogs. Never mind. <laughs> no, I've got. I, we, we we can do a feature on on dog. I frequently names, do. But, yeah, but um, but this is on the names that we give the people that we love. I suppose the animals See. that we love. Um, and uh, some people who are promoting something or other, flower gift and delivery <laughs> service, uh, have compiled some spurious list of the top ten pet names for um, your inamorata. Right. Um, uh, number so one, number one is darling. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, keep it simple. Yeah. Number yep. two is baby. Mm. And number three is bestie. Never heard that one. Bestie. bestie. Uh, modern, four babe. Five babe. gorgeous. Six angel. Seven sweetie. Eight queen, nine sweetheart, and ten hun, which I think is short for honey rather than Attila. the, the hun Attila. sweep yeah. sweeping yes. across. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, it depends on your relationship. What I want to see, though, is the, the, the top ten names that you use when you're angry with your partner. Well, same ones. Darling. Well, well no, you see, yes, I Yes, darling. If you I, could just take the rubbish out, darling. I know that I'm in trouble when my wife calls me Robert. Oh. I mean, <laughs> Jason, what are your best and worst pet names, Sunshine? I had a girlfriend when I was seventeen. Actually, no, I had this happened to two girlfriends I had when I was a teenager. <laughs> right, that all their fam, the, the families all had pet names for each other. So, mm. my girlfriend's name was Rachel, but everyone in her family called her Moof or Mooful. <laughs> so okay. I ended up calling her Moof as well. Um, and then I had an, I had another girlfriend called. Uh, Gabby, whose parents were known as Chibi and something else. I mean, they're just bizarre. These just posh people. No, right? No, that's not, weird. Because posh, at posh all, people no. are like they were called sort of Binky and Uffy and yes, that's true. Short yeah. for Margaret. Yeah, that kind all of weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, never yeah. understood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so these yeah, just normal moof. people. So Moof is about as bad as it gets. I think it's pretty bad, actually. It is pretty bad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob, what would really you know? Is there something that would really cause an argument? If someone called you that name, well, I mean, if somebody called me one of these names who was not my wife, I think, oh, who called those? <laughs> well, that of course, an argument. argument. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some hard explaining to do, yeah. especially if they did it in front of your wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Rob Hutton, 
Thank you. Thank you to Jason Hazley. Thank you. Remember, we're now five days a week, and we'd be so thrilled if you could support us so we can keep bringing you all the news and views every weekday. We are a 100% independent outfit, no big media syndicate bailing us out, and we spend £600 a month on papers alone. So if you could chip in a little to keep paper cuts afloat, we'd be over the moon. For as little as £3 a month, you can get every episode without adverts. Support us with a little more and you'll get extended episodes with extra material, plus paper cuts mugs and cutting-edge fashion t-shirts. Follow the show notes to back.papercutsshow.com to find out more. Our beloved supporters get a shout-out on the show, and here are three now. We'll do one each. Rob? Thanks to our favourite turkey twizzler, David Clark. Thanks to the jiviest turkey in the biz, Ewan Parry. And finally, thank you to our turkey dinner with all the trimmings, Lewis Gorry. I've been Alex von Tunzelman and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when Wallace and Gromit Studio Arban Animations revealed they only have enough modelling clay left to make one more film. Other brands of clay might result in the wrong wrong trousers and we all know what happens when they go wrong. Wallace and sod it. See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was presented by Alex von Tunzelman with Rob Hutton and Jason Hazley. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The executive producer was Martin Boytosh. The managing editor is Jacob Jarvis and the producers, William Tate, Adam Wright, and me, Alex Reese. Our direction by Modern Toss and James Parrott. Music by Simon Williams, Paper Cuts, is a Podmasters production. 